I praise your name, oh God. I praise your name, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I wouldn't trade the presence of God for anything in this world. It's such a joy to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to experience His goodness. Thank the Lord. Amen. I'm reading this evening from the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to read from the 40th chapter. I taught from this passage a few weeks ago, and I want to concentrate on a different aspect of it tonight in preaching. Isaiah chapter 40, and beginning with verse 28, the scripture says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Oh, hallelujah. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Just want to preach to you for a little bit tonight on the subject, renewing your strength. Renewing your strength. Can we lift up our hands unto the Lord again and ask His blessing in this house? His blessing upon the Word. Lord, thank You for Your goodness to us. You don't have to do it, but You do, Lord. You bless us in ways we can't even fathom ways we don't deserve. I pray, Lord, that tonight as your word goes forth that you will minister to us, that you will strengthen us, Lord. We, we need strength. And we know that it is your will to strengthen us, O oh God. We give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Have your way, O oh God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. In the name of the Lord, you may be seated. Isaiah takes the time to ask the rhetorical question, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not faint, he does not grow weary, and there is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint, and even the young men shall utterly fall. But then there is a demarcation between them and that special group of people that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. This passage is inspiring to us because it teaches us how to have strength, and we need strength. And I want to speak to those who are in need of strength tonight, those who need God to come up under them and gird them up, those who are weary, those who feel faint, those who need some kind of a of a reassurance that everything is going to be all right. It is easy in life to grow faint. 
it is even easy to grow faint while serving the Lord. Uh, and as a matter of fact, there are instances throughout the scripture, and you've experienced it in your own life, where you'll be serving the Lord, walking with God, trying to do what the Lord has called you to do, and, uh, and you'll begin to feel the fatigue of life to settle in on you. And, and it's in those times that the Lord teaches us where our strength comes from. Our strength comes from the Lord. I want you to notice again the language of our passage of Scripture. He gives power to the faint. He gives might to those who need it. And he causes their strength to increase. And the Scripture says that he is the one who strengthens the weak hands and confirms the feeble knees. Those who are on the verge of falling, unable to walk, there is a power that that comes in behind them and upon them that gives them the ability to move forward. How many have ever been there when you didn't know how you got the strength, but the strength came? Hallelujah. I've had had times of, of great commitment to the work of God that extended for long periods of time, and I looked out over the horizon of it and thought, I'm not going to make it. Lord, I'm just going to go on to glory. And just we'll, look, we'll just look forward to singing with the saints over there in the, in the good old great beyond. But here came a strength from Almighty God and, a, and a, a healing and a mighty touch of his presence and power. It's not adrenaline. It's not a caffeine high. It's not some kind of a rush It is the Lord of glory giving you strength and giving you energy and giving you ability. Amen. You need strength for the task God has called you to do. You need strength for the faithfulness God has called you to live. You need strength for the work that God has called you to to, uh, apply yourself to. You need strength to be able to focus to be able to execute, to be able to do a good job, to be a light to the world, to be a city on a hill that cannot be hit. You need strength sometimes just to smile. You need strength sometimes just to to, to get up in the morning and go about your day. You need God to come in and give you a special kind of a power that only he can give. Hallelujah. It's one thing to go about your day. It's another thing to go about your day with a Christian attitude. And a godly spirit and with a, with a mindset that is, that is focused on the things of the Lord. And that strength does not come from this world. That strength only comes from the Lord. And so I want to talk to those who are weak. Why are you weak? Why do you feel weak? Why do you feel like, like you're, you're on this edge that you're teetering, that you could go either way? You, you, you don't know how you'll feel tomorrow. You're weary in well-doing, perhaps. The Bible warns us not to be weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. As a matter of fact, I I like to say it this way, that if you'll continue in your well-doing, your well-doing will become well done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you'll continue in that well-doing, Hallelujah, you will become well done. Good is not something that you are. Good good is something that you do. The Bible says do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The Lord said there is none good but God. 
but, but you can do the goodness of the Lord, and goodness can come from you, and, and you, can, you can be that individual that God has called, and he will give you the strength to do it. So we want to talk about that because there's no question that there is a prevailing weakness that can come upon the flesh of man. The Bible even says that much study is a weariness of the flesh. There is a, there's a weariness that can settle in upon a person. And they can come, we call it burned out. They start burning the candle at both ends. Some of you are burning the candle at both ends. In fact, you're kind of watching the clock just a little bit because you got more candle burning to do first thing in the morning. And you want to make sure you have the strength to do it. This is because the flesh that we are, are traveling in, this vessel of flesh that we live in, it is prone to weakness. It is prone to fatigue. It is prone to, to being burned out. And you must renew your strength. You must refresh yourself. And you can only refresh yourself in the presence of God. You can't continue on this vicious cycle without renewing strength. Can't continue on this, in this rat race, if you please, this hamster wheel, without renewing your strength in the Lord. You'll tire out. You'll grow irritable. You'll give, you'll give way to the flesh. You'll make provision for the flesh. We become vulnerable when our flesh becomes weak. We need strength, and we need strength from God. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says this. That, that all around you, there's going to be, that even the youths shall faint. That, that's, that's, that's not just talking about like the youth group. That's like those toddlers who seem to never tire out. Somebody said, somebody said, I wish I had half their energy. And then I heard someone say, well, that's the problem. We only have half their energy. And, and they can run circles around us. And the Bible said, but even they will faint. Even they will reach a point of utter and total exhaustion. And, and the strong men, the young men, shall utterly fall. They shall utterly fall. It's, it's, it, there's no human body that is without uh, proclivity to weakness. Weakness is a part of our world. But they that wait upon the Lord. Oh, something special about that group. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And just when you think they ought to fall by the wayside, they mount up with wings as eagles. And just when you think that they can't go any further, they, they run and they run without being weary. Folks, that is a miracle that I'm describing. Running and not being weary. I could run these aisles. I go around two times and that's it. Amen. Because I can run, but the not being weary part, that's a whole different story. I stopped playing full court basketball a long time ago. I retired my jersey when I was in my 20s because it's hard to run and not be weary. It's one thing to run. It's another thing to do it and not be weary because our bodies are prone to weakness. I'm talking to somebody who's weary. I'm speaking to somebody who's, who's feeling faint. I'm speaking to somebody who even to get here tonight, it took some kind of a courage <laughs> to get here tonight and worship the Lord, to get here this morning and magnify God because you need strength from God. And I mean we need strength in this last day. In this day and age, we need God to come down into our, into our mind, into our heart, into our spirit and breathe, Holy Ghost, breathe new life and new power and new strength into us. 
Oh, hallelujah. And, but, but, but then we read that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The key to renewing strength is to wait on the Lord. You can't renew your strength by going to the gym. You can't renew your strength by somehow taking a capsule that's guaranteed to boost your strength. You can't renew your strength by, by power eating. And, and it, all of that is, it's all good to maintain your physical fitness. I, I, but I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about spiritual strength. I'm talking about strength that comes from heaven, that comes up under your spirit and under your mind and under your heart and your, your soul, and it lifts you up above the fray of this world that is pulling at you and, and dragging you down into, into despair and into despondency. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah is not the only one who said this. David said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen in thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He said again, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Hallelujah. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The key to renewing your strength is to wait on the Lord. Be a part of that crowd, that group, that elite force that knows how to wait upon the Lord. So the question becomes, what does that mean, to wait on the Lord? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It sounds good to be patient, to wait, but in practical terms, what does it mean to wait? We used to have to wait on one another. I remember way back in the, in the pioneer days when we didn't have these cell phones. And we used, to, we used to actually plan before we would head out the door. And, and before we left the house, we would sit down and describe where we would be and where we would meet. And I will meet you at such and such place, at such and such time. I will meet you there. And you listen, once you left, you were committed. There's no texting back and forth of, hey, you want to go there or do you want to go here? You sure you want to meet there? Do you want to meet at that time? Or, or no, no, no. You gonna, you're going to have to meet here at this time because you're committed. Now, this is way back, sometime after the Revolutionary War, many, many, many moons ago. And, and so it, that's the way it used to be. And, and you, would, you would say, you know, I'll meet you at that, at that bench outside that store in the mall. If you walked into the mall together, you didn't just part ways. You, you stopped before you parted ways. And you said, where are we going to meet? What time are we going to meet? And you'd say, meet back here, wherever here was, in one hour. And everybody looked at their watches. Those are things that, you, that you'd wear on your wrist, and they had a little <laughs> face of a clock on it. And you would, and you'd say, meet back here at such and such time, and 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 then you'd better be there. That's what waiting on the Lord is. Waiting on the Lord is knowing where God is and where God is going to be, and going to that place and being there when He arrives. 
It, it's, it's understanding this is where God operates. This is how God operates. And I know that if I'll go there and be there, if I wait on him, he will arrive. Uh, you know, I, I, when you catch an airplane, you, you're told the plane is going to take off at such and such time. You come and be there two hours early so you can get through security and you can get through uh, ticketing and, and you, can, you can get to your gate in enough time and you can sit there at the gate and you can wait on your flight. It may not come when you want it, but it's going to be there at some point, you know. And, and so you just wait on it until it's time. Hallelujah. That's the way God operates. He's going to be where he says he's going to be. When he tells you to be somewhere, he's telling you to be there because he's going to be there. Hallelujah. That's called waiting on the Lord. When God says to be a thing or to, to be here, be there, he's letting you know where you can find him. If you feel lost or you feel broken or you feel like you don't have direction or you feel like you don't have a real grip on life or your calling, you can go to where God said to be. And when you get there, wait on him because he will arrive where he tells you to be. I want to go through a few places in the scripture where the Lord told us to be at a certain place. After the great passage of scripture that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, describing that this mortal shall take on immortality and this corruptible shall take on incorruption, and he described the last trumpet that shall sound and that the dead would be raised incorruptible, he, he ends that whole beautiful passage describing the resurrection of the dead in Christ, and he, and he finishes this, uh, this chapter in the 58th verse of 1 Corinthians 15 by saying, Therefore... Now that's a powerful word, therefore. Anytime you read the word therefore in the scriptures, go back a few verses before it to understand what was being said. Because he was telling us, therefore, since you know there's going to be a resurrection of the dead, since you know that there's going to be this, this quickening of the mortal to immortal bodies, since you know that the trumpet is going to sound, since you know we've got hope beyond this life, therefore, my beloved brethren, be... Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What's the Lord telling us? He's telling you, be at steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord at such and such time, at such and such place. Because if you'll be there, I'm going to be there. If you want to see me, I'm coming there to steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This is why the saints of God, that's what they do. They're steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What? But they need a miracle. They don't go off into the woods crying because they need a miracle. They go to where God is. Where is God? He's at steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You go there and you'll see God. I don't know when, but he'll show up. I don't know exactly when he's going to come by that location. But if he told you to be there. It's because he's going to be there. Oh, hallelujah. I thank God for saints of God who are steadfast. Steadfast. That, that's another way of saying steady. They're not, they're, not, they're not 
They're not going to fall by the wayside because of every wind of doctrine that comes through town. They don't follow the trends of this world. They're steady. Hallelujah. They walk with God. They're unmovable. Hallelujah. This does not move me. Paul described a host of complications in Romans chapter 8. And then he said, but none of these things move me. He's unmovable. And he's always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you need from God. What kind of strength, what kind of hope, what kind of peace, what kind of joy you need from God. But if you'll just go to steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, God will show up. And you can wait on him. Hallelujah. And he will be there. Thank the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. I have been inspired through the years by the saints of God who never stopped abounding in the work of the Lord. Even though prayers perhaps went unanswered for long periods of time, they abounded in the work of the Lord. And what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The Lord renewed their strength. They waited upon the Lord. Their faithful service was their waiting upon the Lord. Their steadfastness was waiting upon the Lord. Their unmovability was waiting upon the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 gives us another place to be. The Lord said, be here. Be there at, at such and such time. Be there. And if you're there, I'll meet you there. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I want to read that again because, because a lot of people will never have their strength renewed because they never go here. And this is, where, this is where the Lord is. This is where if you want to meet him, you go here and you wait on him. You be kind one to another. Treat one another. If you, if you know the, 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 the concept of kindness, kindness has to do with family. It's, it's, why, it's why the Bible refers to in creation how that the seed brings forth after its kind. It, 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 kindness has to do with descendancy and family connections. It's where we get the word kindred. It's where we get the word kinship. So when he says, be ye kind one to another, it means to treat one another like family. It means love like family. Look around this place. These are your brothers and your sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. These aren't strangers that you come and, 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 and rub shoulders with once a week and then you move on with your life. No, no, these are people that you weep with and you rejoice with and you live life with. Be kind one to another. Be there. This is how. I'm telling you how to wait on the Lord. I'm telling you how to wait on the Lord. You wait on the Lord by being kind one to another. Treating one another like family. When somebody's child has some kind of a difficulty in life, you don't, you don't step off to the side and point fingers and criticize. You treat it as though it was your child. You weep with them in those circumstances. And you pray as though it were your child in those circumstances. This isn't a time for you to go off and gossip and ask somebody, did you hear the news about so-and-so's kid? No, no, no. No, you treat them like family. We're a family. You be kind one to another. And this is a big word, tender-hearted. Tender-hearted, not hard-hearted. Hard-heartedness is one of the, one of the just most... Hard-heartedness is one of the most 
godless uh, aspects of, of a person's life. It's hard to be less godly than to have a hard heart. But when you have a tender heart, the tender heart, one that can be reached with the feelings of someone's infirmities, a tender heart, one that can be reached with somebody's need. The Lord said, be there. Wait on me there. Wait on me. Even when you're weak, even when you're broken, even when you're struggling in life, just go over to being kind to one another. Just go wait for me at being tenderhearted and go wait for me at forgiving one another. Hallelujah. I love the concept of forgiveness because forgiveness it, it, the word forgive is comprised of two words, for and give. It means to give for. And, and, and the way that we forgive one another is because the Lord has given for. Forgiveness is a, is a legal term, and it has, to do with, it has to do with debt that is in need of forgiveness. Debt that is owed. And so when, when we talk about forgiving someone, we talk about, we're, we're talking about the fact that we're releasing them from their debt. Well, they owe me because they mistreated me. Or they owe me because they acted a certain way toward me. You forgive them. What you're saying is God gave for them. That's what we mean when we say Jesus paid it all. It's not just a pretty song that rhymes with, with, with other words in the song. No, Jesus paid it all. He paid their debts and he paid your debts. He gave for, he forgave. Hallelujah. So you forgive even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's where you want that's that's where your strength is renewed. You go into this you go into this little place called forgiving people's debts that they have against you. I don't hold it against you. I'm not going to mistreat you. I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to give you the cold shoulder. You're not dead to me any longer. I'm opening up the bridge again. I love you again because I've realized that I'm nothing without God and he had mercy on me and so I'm going to have mercy on you. I'm telling you, your strength will be renewed there. You're waiting on the Lord when you're doing that, when you're kind one to another. We have to let go of our grudges. Your weakness often comes from the toxins built up in your spiritual man. Toxins of bitterness, toxins of holding grudges, toxins of, of trying to treat people in ways that God would never treat you. You have to forgive people the way the Lord forgave you. You're going to answer to God one day in judgment for that. That you were willing to take his forgiveness but not willing to give it. Freely you have received. Freely you must give. Your strength will not be renewed until you go to these places where God said to be. And you wait on him. And you wait on him. And you wait on him. But I'm tired. Keep loving. But I'm, but I'm weak. Keep forgiving. But I need God to move in my circumstances. Just keep being tender hearted. Be there, be steadfast, be unmovable, be always abounding in the work of the Lord. God said to be there, hallelujah, and, and he will be there. Just wait on him, wait on him, wait on him. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 says this, But I say unto you which hear. Are y'all ready to hear something you'll never hear in the world? You ready to hear something that you will never hear the world talk about? Get ready, because once you hear it, you can't go back. But I say unto you which hear, 
love your enemies. And you thought you could hate them, didn't you? You can't. Love your enemies. Listen to this. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. This is contrary to everything in our human nature and contrary to everything in our world today. We're going to keep what's ours, aren't we? And here the master, creator, savior, God in flesh is saying, if they take your cloak, give them your coat. If they smite your face, turn and give them the other side of your face to smite. You know what is amazing? Some of you are challenged with this right now, and all I'm doing is reading red letters. It's not even me talking. It's him talking. Oh, God, forgive us, Lord, for thinking somehow you got it wrong. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking somehow you don't understand this world. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking somehow that we know better than you how to handle ourselves. He's teaching us how to have renewed strength and how to run and not be weary and how to walk and not faint and how to mount up with wings as eagles. I'll tell you what, when you look at this and you say, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't go with that. I mean, I'll, I, I'm all for turning the other cheek, but I'm going to make him turn his cheek too. You know, you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. You're walking in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. That's the blessed man. <laughs> I know there's a time and a place for everything. Somebody just told me a story of my great-grandfather and... Uh, he, he, had a, he was pastoring in New York City, and there was a woman who was coming to church, and her husband was against her coming to church. He had forbidden her to come to church. Do not go back to that church. And this man decided he was going to kill her for going to church. And, uh, and she came into church one night to, to, to worship the Lord, and he came in behind her, and he was holding in his hand a weapon. And my great-grandfather noticed that he had it in his hand, and he came in behind, and he had a knife in his hand. And it was the man that told the story, that, that, that shared the story with others. He lifted up this knife and was going to come down to kill his wife. And my great-grandfather noticed it and got down into the aisle close to the man. And, and as he lifted the knife, uh, A.D. Urshan said, In the name of Jesus, and punched him in the face. <laughs> he went down <laughs> and he went down he said he knocked me out cold and he said <laughs> so I mean, there, I mean there is a time and a place you know he wasn't trying to be vengeful he was trying to the Lord had renewed his strength <laughs> there's a time and a place <laughs> But, 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 but somehow, sometimes we, we, we begin to 
to, to look at ways of vengeance. And we, and we try to, to somehow think that we have a better understanding of the things of God. And when somebody, somebody deprives us of a thing, we want to react to them. And in great-grandpa Urshan's case, he was protecting this woman. But in, in, in our case, so many times we want to react to people that, that, are, that are trying to defraud us. And Jesus said, stop it. Stop it. Stop trying to take vengeance on everybody. Stop trying to avenge yourself all the time. Notice what he said in, in verse number 30. Give to every man. Give to every man that asketh of thee and of him that taketh away thy goods. Ask them not again. Notice what he said. And as you would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do the same. And if you lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have you? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Notice what he said here. But love you your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. Oh, they better pay me back. Hoping for nothing again. And here's, the, here's what God said. And your reward shall be great. Your reward shall be great. I'm going to tell you, your tendency to try to exact vengeance on every situation has deprived you of so many God rewards in your life. You took it out of his hands so many times because you refused to love those who were unkind to you. You refused to forgive those who mistreated you. And God was waiting for you to forgive and love so he could pour blessings out upon you. And when you wouldn't love or forgive, you took from him the opportunity to bless you. He can't bless unforgiveness. He can't bless unkindness. He can't bless a lack of love. He can't bless this, this uh, refusal to love enemies. But when you love your enemies, when you do good, when you lend and you hope for nothing again, your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Whose children are you? Be ye therefore. There's that word again, both of them. Be and therefore. Be ye therefore. Meet me here. Meet me here. Be there. And I'll be there. Be there. And if you don't see me, wait on me. I'll renew your strength. I'll cause you to mount up with wings as eagles. Ha, Shataya. I'll cause you to run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful hallelujah every single one of us here are an example of God's mercy every one of us is an example of God's mercy I'll just speak for me I don't deserve to be here tonight 
I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to be sanctified. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to be redeemed. I don't deserve any of it. I don't deserve any of it. Uh, I've wounded God. I've transgressed God. I've turned, I've turned from God. I hid, as it were, my face from him so many times. I walked away from him and then came back. And here he is. He's so merciful to me. He's so kind to me. He's so loving to me. He said, if you'll do for them what I did for you, your reward will be great. Do you know how many things he's given to me? How many blessings that I don't deserve? He put it upon the heart of people to bless me, and they blessed me, and I didn't deserve it, but my merciful Father did it for me. How dare I withhold blessing from others? Hallelujah. I'm talking about renewing your strength. You renew your strength by waiting upon the Lord. And waiting on the Lord is as simple as being there and waiting for him to show up. He said, if I'm steadfast and unmovable and I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord, my labor will not be in vain. Be there. He said that if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm merciful as he is merciful and if I, will, if I will love my enemies and do good and lend without hoping for a return on my lending, then, then he, my reward will be great. And I will be called the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and he is kind to the evil. Oh God, I've got a long way to go to be like my Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, was, Jesus was missing at 12 years of age. His parents had been in Jerusalem for the feast. And, and when they left, Jesus was missing. They were in a large caravan of people, and they assumed he was among the crowd, but he wasn't. And, and they began to look for him frantically, and they couldn't find him anywhere. And, and, and Jesus was, he was not, quite a, a, a young man yet he was still a child 12 years of age and he was finally found and when he was found he was in the he was in the temple and he was talking and he was asking questions and and he was he was seeking answers and talking to different ones he was talking to the doctors of the law I, I'm telling you I would have loved to have heard that conversation man I would have loved to have heard that conversation People said that when they get to heaven, they're not going to ask God about anything. I might ask him about that. I might just say, hey, could you just go over that conversation again? I'd have loved to have heard that. Oh, and when his parents finally found him, I can only imagine what they must have been feeling and how they may have even talked to him and said, don't you ever as long as you live. And Jesus responded to them and said, Wist ye not that I must be <laughs> about my father's business? I must be there in my father's business. I've got work to do. I've got business to get done. I must be about my father's business. I know I've got to go back home. I know I've got to, I've got to go in the caravan. I know you're looking for me, but I must be about my father's business. And I, I admonish somebody here tonight to be about your father's business to be about the work of the Lord to be about loving souls in one place the scripture told us another place to be in Psalm 46 he simply said be still and know that I am God sometimes that's where you have to be 
is in a place of stillness and a place of quietness. This is why the Lord said on the seventh day, don't do anything. Don't do anything. On the seventh day, rest from your labors. Work six days a week, hard labor. And on the seventh day, rest from your labors. Because there are times in order to renew your strength, you need to be still. Hallelujah. I need strength this evening. I've got things to do this week. I've got, I've, got, I've got things God has called me to do. I've got work that has to be done. Lord, I need strength. Lord, I want to be still and know that you are God. I want to be steadfast, unmovable. I want to be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving. Lord, I have an assurance from your word that if I'll go there, you'll be there. Hallelujah. And you'll meet me there. And you'll give me what I need in your presence. Can you lift your hands with me right now? Hallelujah. Receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Receive the word of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. I want to be where you've called me to be. I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be about your business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to be where you've called me to be. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and stand with me, if you will, in the name of the Lord. We have a whole world that is seeking they are seeking for somebody who will be kind. We have a whole world that is seeking for somebody who will be tenderhearted. This world, when they meet somebody tenderhearted, it's like they've, they've never met anything like that. They're used to condescension. They're used to arrogance. They're quite accustomed to those who want to exact revenge. They're not used to people who are tender-hearted and forgiving and kind and merciful. Oh, be the light of the world. Be the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. I, I feel like the Lord is wanting to move in this house right now. I wonder if somebody could come to the front in the name of the Lord and just receive what, what, what's being spoken right now and just say, God, I need you to help me in the name of the Lord. I feel, I feel like I need strength tonight. I feel like I need strength. I feel like I need something to come up behind me and under me. And lift me, Lord. Lift me, Lord. Come on, if you're wrestling with any kind of feeling that you know is not of God, I want you to bring it to Him right now. He knows you're human. I don't speak these things today to condemn you, to make you feel like you're some horrible person because you're human. I just, I speak these things so you can see a picture of Jesus and contrast that with, with where you and I are in our human frailty and flesh. And we can say, Lord, help me to be like you. Help me to love like you. Help me to be kind like you. Help me, Lord. Help me to treat people the way you would treat people. In the name of Jesus. Come on, husband. Come on, wife. It's time to be tender-hearted with your spouse. I said be tender-hearted with your spouse. You can be so rough with your words. You can be so unkind because you really know at the end of that conversation they're going to still love you and live with you. And you take advantage of that. Don't do it anymore. Be kind. Be, be thankful. Be holy. Come on, be there. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord there. Hallelujah. I know that you're working for God. You're involved in parts of the church and you're tired. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. All across this house right now. Come on, lift up your voice unto God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift up your voice unto the Lord.
Jesus. the Holy Ghost in this house. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. I want us to take a moment and ask God to cleanse us of all unrighteousness and all impurity. We need to ask Him to cleanse us of the things in our spirit that we're not aware of. Sometimes we practice a passive aggressiveness. A passive aggressiveness. And we think somehow we're being clever by by not just coming out and saying what we feel, but we're gonna treat them the way we feel. And they can't hold it against us because we didn't say anything. God's gonna judge our spirit. And it's an unclean thing you're festering, allowing to fester in your spirit. You need to let God cleanse you of it right now. You gotta let God cleanse you of it right now. He'll hold you to account for how you've treated one another how you've treated other people. In Jesus' name, Lord God, cleanse me. Cleanse me right now of passive aggressiveness. Wash me, Lord, of feelings I've harbored against brothers and sisters, against people. Cleanse me, Lord. It has affected the way I've treated them. It has affected the way I love them and don't love them. And Lord, I know I cannot live with you if I don't love them. I know I cannot live with you if I don't love them. Put a love in my heart for them again, Lord. Put a love in my heart for them again, Lord. Empower me, God. I'll wait on you, Jesus. I'll stay right here. I'll be kind and tender-hearted, Lord. I need you to help me. I need you to give me strength, Lord. I need you to cause me to mount up with wings. Help me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody pray with me. Pray with me. Come on, pray. I'm not praying for everybody. This is a prayer you have to pray. I'm not praying for you so you don't have to pray for yourself. This is a prayer we all got to pray. Lord, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Cleanse me of uncleanness. Cleanse me, Lord, of mistreatment of others. Cleanse me, Lord, of anything in my spirit that is unkind. Anything in my spirit that is unmerciful. Anything in my spirit, Lord, that is not loving of my neighbor, my brother, my sister, oh God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voices and pray it right now. Come on, all across this building, we have to lift our voices. Come on, lift your voice and call upon God to cleanse you and to heal you and to set you free from feelings, feelings of unforgiveness, feelings of hurt, feelings of bitterness, feelings of unkindness, feelings of passive aggressiveness. 
In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Help me, God. Heal me, God. Help me, God. Heal me, God. Oh, hallelujah. Help me, God. Heal me, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lay yourself open before the Lord. Lay yourself open before the Lord right now. Lay yourself bare upon His Word. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. He will renew your strength. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And He'll renew your strength. Shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? Oh, yeah. The Lord is my light and salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I? Who shall I be afraid? Oh, I will wait. I will. 